I appreciate uh, uh, you carving out the time to do this. I appreciate me carving out the time to do this. Um, but it's, it's something very important that I think needs to be done. So I'm happy to be here. Of course, of course. Now, unfortunately, it's very, very different circumstances. This time, obviously, we talked about your career last time. We're talking about 1PW today. So, I mean, let, let's begin, shall we? Let's start, obviously, a, a new twist of fate. I remember the interview we did back in, I think it was July, and you said that you heard all rumors and stuff. How did it all come to be that, obviously, you basically went back to 1PW? Yeah, you're talking about uh, 2022, correct? Correct. Okay. Um, I mean, I had thought that the brand was was dead and buried permanently. Uh, It had been through so much damage. It had been through three or four different owners. It had been through a lot of um, turmoil, I guess the best way to put it. And the brand had lost a lot of consumer confidence. I think a lot of fans that remembered 1PW remember canceled shows and uh, talent that didn't show up and delays on refunds if they even existed to begin with. So, so I never thought there would be a 1PW again. I never thought I would set foot in the Doncaster Dome again. But there was always a part of me that wanted to. There was a part of me that thought, you know, I went over there naive to the world um, in 2005, very young. Was I ready for the opportunity? No. But are you ever truly ready? Did I sink my teeth into it, make it everything that I could with the skill set that I had? Absolutely. Um But I always thought to myself, what if I had that platform? What if I had that crowd behind me? What if I had that roster? And I'm not 20, but I'm 30. You know, Uh, what happens if if I can be a little more seasoned, a little more polished and be able to put my my voice to a product like that? And what if we had um, an infrastructure that was a little more seasoned and a little more experienced that could navigate those rougher waters a little bit better. So there was a part of me that always wondered what if, and um, sometime in 2022, I received a, a, a friend request and a message very out of the blue, very unexpected from Stephen Gauntley. And Stephen was the original owner of 1PW. He was the, the one I worked for when I was there from 2005 to 2006. He's the one I worked for when I went back for one month working from home in 2007. So to me, um, that was the only owner I really ever knew in a direct business way. I'd spoken to some of the others, but I'd never actually done business with them. Um, and Stephen had a very um, smooth, polished pitch. And... I talked about how naive to the world I was when I went in 2005. And obviously so was Steven because he had a great platform, access to money. um, And I think the wrestling business saw him coming. And I think uh, among the biggest sins of the early first one PW in 2005 was overspending it was not understanding the ROI, the return on investment of, of your dollar or of your British pound, if it were. 
um, and, and not knowing how to manage that budget and structure properly to where ultimately you are running in the red, you aren't making a profit, and you do have to go to um, drastic means to just try to make ends meet. And it was always my assumption that it was just that naivete that was the main course of, of, of things falling down initially. So when Steven comes to me 15 years older, 15 years wiser, not plagued by immaturity, not plagued by personal issues, not plagued by the number of things that I know were going on in his life that made things more difficult. Um, I was more than willing to listen. I was optimistic, but cautiously so. And I told him, I'm open to doing business, um, but I'm going to get paid up front and every bit of business that we do for the foreseeable future. And he understood that completely. And again, there was no tell of him wanting anything out of sorts or above and beyond. There was no tell of, of there being any kind of a, a, a plan beyond um, you know, I love this brand and I want to see it back. And part of me will always love the brand, even with all the the drama and the chaos around it, because it gave me an opportunity to work directly with, you name it, AJ Styles and Abyss and Jeff Jarrett and Christian Cage and Tracy Smothers and uh, Spud and Johnny Storm and Jody Fleisch and Doug Williams. And just the list goes on and on and on. So when he said that he had gotten, you know, the right team in place and a business partner and, and he's, he's, he's learned so much more and he's, he's, he's going to, you know, curtail the spending and it's, it's going to be managed more like a business. It's like, okay, I'm interested. I'm intrigued. As long as I'm comfortable, I'm on board to do something and see where this goes. And, um, into that October event, and for quite a bit afterwards, I was very comfortable in everything I had seen from production to ticket sales to marketing to morale to anything. Everything I had seen at that point looked to trend positive, looked to trend upwards. So, you know, not putting the cart before the horse. I'm not, you know, planning my my summer home in, in, in Maui somewhere, but I'm thinking, hey, maybe this has legs. Let's see where this goes. And off we went. Awesome. So when did obviously you start to realize something wasn't quite right? I think that's probably the best way I could describe it. Honestly, um, when the world started to realize it, because the, the, the thing with me, and I don't know if this helped or hurt my situation in, in different ways, probably both. Um, I did four events for 1PW. I was only physically there once. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was physically there in April for All or Nothing, but everything else that I did was post-produced because the um, pay-per-view offerings were not done live. So, uh, which I understood completely. I mean, if you're talking flight, hotel, um, international flight, that can easily add up into four digits. So I understand, you know, okay, well, we're going to start slow here. And eventually we're going to be live all the time. And we're going to have you in here all the time, which is another reason I felt, okay, we're, we're, we're thinking this through pragmatically. We're doing the right thing. We're not rushing anything. So that was another thing. We're like, ah, would have loved to be there, but it's the right business move. 
to mm-hmm. do it when it when it felt right. So so I don't think I was aware of anything that was wrong until I started seeing some of the British talent pulling out and saying that we're not coming back. And this would be after the June 10th event that I had voiced. Um, even when Matt Cardona um, tweeted, um, you know, that he had not been paid his deposit, he was paid the wrong amount or whatever the case was. I forget the specifics, but when Cardona had tweeted that, I guess that would have been the first warning sign. But even before I even asked, Gruntley had an explanation that, oh, no, it was this miscommunication and then uh, this and this, and it's political because of this. And he had his way to to make that go away from my head. Um, but once I saw young talent that, that I had a great deal of respect for and, and got along with as friends and was like, ah, if something upset them to this degree, something's not right. So I'm going to keep an eye on this situation. And I didn't, um, I didn't confront the issue immediately. And I probably should have. But at the same time, I wanted to see how it played out because I did not want to, I didn't want to, to, to jump to conclusions on either sense. I didn't want to talk to the talent and say, oh, we can make this work when there wasn't a way to make it work. And I didn't want to, um, go to Steven and accuse him of anything if it was an isolated incident. But once more and more names were added to that list of pulling out of future events and pay is late or pay is short, I started to realize deja vu. Here we go again. And <sighs> let's just see what happens. Let's see where this goes and keep an eye on it. I didn't even ask for my money right away. And I think part of it was because I knew I, 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 A, I would be okay without it. And B, I didn't have to leave my house to get it. The people that flew or the people that drove or the people that had to be there, take care of what you need to. And then um, when, when that's settled, whatever's left or whatever's there, I, I can address with, but it was it was it was a, an entire process of just me trying to process. Whenever I did talk to Stephen, it was very much business as usual. It was very much nothing's wrong, which again confused me. But as, as the onion began to unravel, I understand that's just that's his nature. Um, he. His 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 um his actions prior in the previous era when things went badly, he ran, he blocked, he didn't address, um, and then I started to see he's blocking talent, he's blocking referees, he's blocking people for asking about their money or for posting about their money, and at that point I realized that this is going south in a big way. And this is probably not something you can just sweep away or explain away or talk away. This is a serious issue. And as basically his entire local talent gutted themselves from the company, uh, it just, it got to a point of what's left here and how do I address my situation? 
You know what I mean? And and mm-hmm. and you know things continue to escalate as they did, and and obviously everybody saw how that played out on social media, just like you and I did. Yeah, and obviously I want to ask obviously about the tweet because I I remember reading it and you ended with the line the Titanic is sinking. Yeah. Nobody actually knew obviously that he'd left the company because I remember rightly somebody saw it on the is it the government website? I think that's how it all came about that he left. Yeah, he hadn't left yet. Um, I don't think, or maybe he did. Uh, I'm trying to I'm trying to think um, of the details. I think he had just left, uh, but yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, because at that point, this late in the game, we're talking. I'm talking with different talents, and and we're sharing stories and experience. Well, what do you know? What have you heard? And I'm gathering intel because I realize at this point, um, there's a very good chance October 28th is not going to happen, and. Um, I held out hope, perhaps, again, naively so, ignorantly so, foolishly so. And again, this is why I've said I don't want any sympathy in this situation. I didn't post anything I posted for me. I didn't post it so you could cry for me. I'm not doing GoFundMe. Like, it's none of that. I posted everything I posted as a warning for the next generation mm-hmm. and as a warning for anybody who he may want to talk into becoming a business partner or an investor or a sponsor because all the people that that got screwed over for the most part for the vast majority were kids the first time this happened and there was no social media and there was you know message boards and fan forums that are largely antiquated and out of date now um but so many people didn't see this coming and they didn't know there was risk. I knew there was risk and I assumed that risk for myself. And I'm completely fine with everything that happened uh, to me based on that risk. And I wouldn't have changed anything because I had a chance to go back. I had a chance to work with people that I love to work with, see people I hadn't seen in 10, 15 years. Um, Unfortunately, all of that collateral damage that comes with that nine month run um, I've now done what I can to help stave that off and help spread the word and help fans find Facebook groups and find like-minded people to get their money back and everything of, of that order. But when I posted that tweet, um, the, the, the rats are leaving the, the, the ship, the, the band is playing on deck, um, and the Titanic is sinking, is when I knew for a fact he's going to run. Mm-hmm. He's going to pass this off to whatever poor sap he's going to put in charge on the, um, uh, the, the the UK business website, whatever name he's going to find to put on there. And because he, he did it, he did it to me. I, what had happened with my situation, because um, I hate public drama. I hate airing the inside of the business on the outside when it doesn't need to. I hate anxiety. I've been in therapy for a lot of the past year, unrelated to 1PW. I don't want to misconstrue that. But one of the things I've been learning is just getting my anxiety and my stress levels down and just being um, more analytical and and, and being less emotion-driven. So I hate being that guy to put somebody on blast. And I I asked a well-respected veteran 
that whose opinion I, I think very highly of. Because uh, Will Ospreay had tweeted and then gotten paid and, and then released on, on most amicable terms you could get released on in this situation. Parted ways, I guess, mutually. Um, I asked the vet, should I put this on blast or not? Because I don't want to. I don't want to. Mm-hmm. But I don't think I have another option. And the vet said I should. And, and I told Gottlieb, like, my patience ends at 90 days. And this is day 94 since I turned in my uh, my voice work. So we're going to make this right this week. Or I'm going to find alternative means of handling this issue. So everything I did was not my choice. That was my reaction based on his choices. Because he had a chance to simply send me money, which he didn't have and wouldn't admit. Um, and I would not have... Um, gone public at least as soon as i did um i feel like my conscience would have made me do it at some point but but i, I, I while i'm waiting for gauntley to make this decision i'm gathering intel i'm speaking to people in the know i'm getting proof of fraud embezzlement um all of these allegations screenshots um and once that week that i gave him had ended that's when he gave me the all-time classic worst live ever been fed in my life that I'm leaving the wrestling business because I fell down the stairs. Now I've heard a lot of really, really brazen excuses in my day for why something happened. I've, I've heard a lot of very transparent, superficial promoter excuses, but I fell down the stairs and I'm getting out. Not, not the, the, the bank account that was supposed to be shut down three months earlier that had 5,000 British pounds go through it. Not the fact that you got caught trying to defraud a potential investor by, by hiking up your assets to unrealistic degrees. Not all the people you owe money. Not all the people you're lying to about the gig you're going to give them October 28th. But you had to tumble down the stairs. Um at that point, I had the intel, and I, I wanted to put this out there before he runs, before he hides, before he blocks another person, before he gets another cent uh, 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 of advanced ticket money or pay-per-view buys or sponsors or Blu-ray orders or shirt orders that he's not going to fulfill. I need to put this out there now because no one else will, because no one else has the information I do, and nobody else just doesn't care because nothing he does at this point uh, is going to affect my standing with British wrestling. I'm not in British wrestling right now because the company doesn't exist. Um, The company's house website at at one point had no officers. And I don't know what it says now at this point, if it's even a company or not, but um I had to put that out there because I had to let everybody know that was naive. I had to let families know that don't look for wrestling on the internet. And they just saw wrestling advertised and bought a, a ticket, uh, four or five tickets for the whole family, which is why I got it. Uh, thankfully, someone had tweeted and allowed me to get a hold of the Doncaster Free Press so he get the articles published there. Um, thankfully we got the Doncaster Dome's attention. They halted the pre-sale of tickets. And if, if all of what I did kept one pound from going in that man's pocket, 
if it kept one fan from getting ripped off and helped somebody else um, apply for a refund from their credit card company before the the, the allotted time elapsed or, or their bank or whatever the case is, then I'm glad I did it. And um, realistically, I should have done it sooner. But my propensity to want to avoid drama mm-hmm. and my hope that the right thing would be done on the way out kind of precluded that. But uh, my issue Again, I told you that in 2005, I assumed that kind of the business saw Gauntly coming and swallowed him up. This time, I learned that it was premeditated. This time, I learned that he came into the business, I believe, set out to rip people off, telling people in 2021, oh, we're going to relaunch next year, and I've signed Brian Danielson. Do you want to be an investor? Um, I've learned that he has yet to fulfill orders on miniature arcade game replicas and other gaming type Etsy stores that he had run for a decade away from the business of wrestling, uh, that his name is still toxic and hot there. Um, these shows were making money. There was no reason to do this other than the fact that a, he's just trying to survive, pay his rent. He's, he's not a mastermind criminal he he doesn't have a big stash of gold that he's swimming in like scrooge mcduck he's paying his rent he's paying his bills but he's doing it off the backs of other people that were otherwise involved in what they thought were honest transactions whether it be talent production fan or otherwise um but a snake does as a snake is apt to do you know the 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 the, what's the what's the old uh adage where the you know, the, the snake gives the animal the ride across the lake and then the snake uh, devours him in the end. Why would you do this to me? We had an agreement to help each other because I'm a snake. It's in my nature. Um, that's what this is. He is, from what I've been told, um, a sufferer of narcissistic personality disorder, which means he, he thinks of himself. He can't step outside of his bubble to consider other people. It's all me, me, me. What do I need to do to survive? What do I need to do to get by? And no consideration of the dozens of lives that he's compromised. And I don't know if he thinks he's this infamous figure that's going to go down in wrestling history. I don't know if he thinks he's a martyr for his own cause. I don't know if he thinks that he is this... um, you know, like some people endearingly or maybe not endearingly call Vince McMahon the devil. I don't know if he thinks he's that. If he thinks he's the Antichrist of British wrestling or this like Jack the Ripper type figure that will go in history. But he's none of those things. Honestly, I feel sorry for him. It's sad. It's pathetic that you had your dream in your hands twice and you couldn't get out of your own way either time. You had redemption. You had forgiveness. You had your coming-of-age story to come back from all of that BS and stand on your own two feet and say, I did it, and screw everybody that said I never could. But you couldn't get out of your own way, and you had to just – you had to rip people off, and you had to do it in a really obvious way and a really – Lame. I mean, every promoter in wrestling history, I don't want to say every promoter, but so many of them, take a little off the top, no one notices. You took everything! 
That's not a smart way to try to con people. Um, and the fact that he got more forgiveness than he probably that more forgiveness than he did deserve. Let's be honest. Even at the time before I knew any of this, more than he probably deserved. But people were willing to give him a chance, and I believe in second chances. I, I've grown so much in the past year. I'm not the same person I was a year ago. So to think that someone else is the same person they were 17 years ago, I can't make that judgment, which is another reason I wanted to give this a shot. And another reason I'm so disappointed that it didn't work. Because if you're the same person you were 17 years ago, you have wasted 17 years of your life. Not growing, not maturing, not developing, not prospering, not changing, not having any kind of a new outlook on life other than what I've always known. And that's sad to me. And I pity that. I really do. Um, because that's his life. Just just, just stepping over dollars to pick up pennies and just being the small time, you know, uh, 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 the small time racketeer who thinks he's smarter and more clever than everybody in the world, but he's none of those things. And uh, he's going to have to, to lie in that bed that uh, that he made for himself. And I apologize that I'm rambling. I know you've got like two questions in through all this, but, um, you know, it, it, it's something very passionate to me because wrestling something very passionate to me. It has been my love for 32 years of my life. It is how I pay my bills. It's my passion project. It's my hobby. Um, it's something I'm working on almost every hour of the waking day. And for someone to come in that way, think only of themselves, hurt so many people, um, you know, I can't compare it to anything. Um, I've been so fortunate to have nearly 21 years in wrestling. And if it all ended 10 seconds from now, if something happened that the wrestling business shut down or something, God forbid, happened to me medically and I couldn't be in it or anything else. I had a great run. Stephen Gauntley had a paragraph of a chapter one and then just set the book on fire just because he could. And it's sad. Yeah. So I want to ask, obviously, what do you think this means now for the legacy of one PW as a whole? Because the product itself was really, really good. I love the shows. I love the footage. I love the talent. Um, I think 1PW's legacy is always going to be a cautionary tale. It's going to be a, a, a lesson to promoters. Uh, and I'll give Stephen Gauntley credit, begrudgingly so and cautiously so, because maybe there's more I don't know yet. But one thing he was able to do successfully both times is tap into the mainstream wrestling fan. And it wasn't just the same 100 or 200 fans that go to every independent show. Um, we had 1,500 plus people in that dome multiple times um, this run and the prior run. So it can be done marketing wise, uh, financial wise, but it has to be the right person. And the lesson there is know who you're doing business with, um, know who you're talking to. If you decide to trust them, great. If you're skeptical, get a deposit. I got paid in upfront the first four or five times I did any work for the new 1PW. And shame on me. Time happened. Life happened. Stress happened. Distractions happened. And I let my guard down. 
That's nobody's fault but mine that I gave him that opportunity. And again, I want no sympathy for it. Um, and that was my my uh, 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 my actions, whether it was a conscious choice or not. Um, vet your promoters. Make sure they're credible. Make sure they're reputable. Um, one PW will always go down as what could have been. Uh, because the first time, if there was an experienced hand watching the money um, that was on the up and up, it could have worked. The second time, it was working until old habits reared their ugly head. So um, what becomes of the footage? I have no idea because that's been fraudulently sold several times. I could name three or four people that claim to own the 1PW library. And they probably have a viable gripe because they bought it from the owner. Um, but uh, uh, there are several, uh, including a friend of a friend who was never delivered footage. Um, and I hope they pursue that. Um, I hope the shows will be remembered fondly by people who had worked them and fans who were fortunate enough to enjoy them without getting lopped into this just drama and chaos. Um, because we did a lot of great things on camera. I just wish it wasn't a complete shit show behind the scenes. Yeah, absolutely. I wanted to take obviously a few steps back and I want to ask about the one PW and the MLW partnership. What do you know about that? Uh, I know that one PW was in discussions with, with MLW uh, management, Court Bauer and, and MSL. And I think the crux of it was really to sanction an MLW world title match at uh, the new Twist of Fate event with Hammerstone and um, me out, Nathan Cruz. Um, I, I don't think the relationship went beyond that at all because there was really no other talent that was exchanged. There was no 1PW involvement reciprocated to MLW. I think it was a situation where both um, were interested in using the respective brands to help one another. Uh, the MLW world title being defended in another country obviously is very, very attractive to the MLW, which is televised in 60 countries. And 1PW having an established brand to have on its event at a time when it didn't have any championships obviously was very appealing to them as well. Um, and I thought that for what it was, you know, it was very much ground floor step one type of a partnership. I thought both sides benefited for what they did. I don't think anybody got rich off of it. I don't think any money exchanged hands, period, between the, the, the two offices. Um, I think there could have been a chance to grow that into something more. There's a lot of great MLW talent that the UK has never seen. Um, and the and 1PW had, past tense, a lot of great resources that I think MLW could have utilized to help, in a perfect world, uh, make that a little more palatable down the road. But unfortunately... Because of those circumstances, it was a one and done. It was great to see Hammerstone defend the world title in England. But unfortunately, that's pretty much all there was to it. Yeah, absolutely. So one question I saw obviously online, a lot of people were asking is, do you think 1PW will come back? <sighs> if you would have asked me two years ago, I would have said no. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Stephen Gauntley tried. But if he tries again, 
my response is going to be markedly different. Uh, everybody deserves a second chance. Most people deserve a second chance. Uh, if you've got a life sentence in prison, you may not deserve a second chance. But most people who have made mistakes in their lives that have not led to, you know, catastrophic uh, loss of life or, you know, long-term trauma, most people deserve second chances. I don't believe that about third chances. If Stephen Gauntley messaged me five years from now to the day wanting to give it another go, I'd tell him, your moment's passed. And I can't... I can't recommend doing that. I can't recommend any talent working with him because he's proven that he is untrustworthy. And he'll, he'll, he'll give you the perfect sales pitch. He'll give you the, the rap that you want to hear because that's what con men do. And that's one of the things, too. I felt stupid that I gave him as much slack as I did. But that veteran that I talked to said, don't, because that's what these people do. They give you that perfect, silky, smooth sales pitch. And he'll come back and he'll try it again. Um, but people will be waiting this time. And we have everything that's happened here on record on social media, on record on wrestling news sites. People have screenshotted it. Um, I think that's one thing Gauntley didn't count on this time, is that the world is a lot smaller than it was in 2006. And people communicate a lot more. And you can tell somebody, oh, I don't have any money or, you know, this and that. Um, but we all have an equal platform as you now. It's not just a fan forum that you can take offline. We all have social media and we can all tell our stories. Um, I think he'll try, but I do not think another event will be run again. I think he'll try to run under another event name and maybe he'll get one out. But his name is toxic at this point. And anyone who sees that name from a business standpoint uh, or a financial standpoint, my best advice would be do not touch it with a 100-meter pole. There you go. So when you look back now, obviously, at your entire time for a 1PW, where you are now, what's your overall feelings? I, I don't regret going back. Um because whether I was there or not, this still cha this chain of events would have still happened. Um, I was not working in the office this time, and safe for recommending a few talents that, that thankfully didn't get screwed over to my knowledge. Um, I didn't have any involvement beyond being an announcer and a voice talent. Um, and in many ways, I'm, I'm happy I was there because I was able to get the story out uh, when I was, when he, he tried to flee the company. Um, I don't regret going back because I have closure now. The first time I left, I was 20. I didn't realize it was my last show. Um, and it felt like there was so much more to do. Um, I got to go back last April, see the Dome, see some of the staff. I hadn't seen Mark Andrews in 10 years. I didn't realize that till he told me. Um, last time I saw him, he was a 20-year-old kid working uh uh here's something ironic 10 years ago to this day we are recording this wow <laughs> mark andrews as a 20 year old kid him and pete dunn were over in uh, america just trying to make a name for themselves no one knew who they were this is long before impact or nxt uk or any of the cool stuff they had done 
And um, they were living with a friend of mine who was working my last show of a television series that I'd produced for six years. And it just so happened that one of my wrestlers had a separated shoulder that week. And I got to call Mark in. I, I, I pulled Mark and Pete aside and I said, I'm going to do this the most diplomatic way I know how. Tell me which one of you is the better baby face and which one of you is the better heel. <laughs> and they answered the way I thought they would. Mark being the better baby face because he was the flyer and Pete being the better heel because he was a little bit, you know, in, in the weeds and in the dirt a little bit with the style. And I said, all right, I need a baby face. Mark, you're in. Um, that's the last time I saw Mark until this past April at All or Nothing. Um, so, so just cool reunions like that, where it's like, it blew Mark's mind to see my name on the format sheet. And it blew my mind that like, wow, has it really been 10 years? Cause seeing him on TV, you don't really necessarily correlate that. Um, so I got to say goodbye to the dome. I got to experience the fans one more time. I got to see fans come up and, and oh man, we went in 2006. It's so great to see you again. Um, those moments are special to me calling, Will Ospreay matches are special to me. Seeing talent like Robbie X, who was a wee little kid in the front row when I was over there, do amazing things. Watching Amir Jordan do amazing things. Watching Boisterous Behavior do amazing things. Watching uh, Lizzie Evo do amazing things. Up and down that roster. Um, Flash Morgan Webster was a big 1PW fan, and now he's uh, he was on those shows with me. Um, that means a lot to me. And I will always cherish those shows and the, the doors that open for me to work with incredible talent back in the day before I was ready. And now present day to be able to truly give my all to helping tell these new stories and helping bridge uh, the past and the future. Mark Haskins is another one that was, we just missed each other. I think he started a few months after I left. Um, but to be able to bridge that gap and tell those stories now in that environment, that gave me a sense of completion that I didn't have the first time. So um, much like I said back in the day, I'm proud of what I did there. I just really, really wish it had ended differently. Yeah. So obviously a few little more questions will begin to wind sure. down. Do you have any like messages obviously to, like, to the fans and stuff like that? My biggest message to the fans... Um, if this if this could somehow magically reach every wrestling fan in Doncaster or in England, the thing I'd want to say the most is one PW is not like all of independent wrestling. There are great groups over there. Um, a couple of them I'm in talks with, and they do right by the fans. They treat people well. The, the, the unfortunate thing is that sometimes fans, they see WWE, they say they see AEW and, and they see Impact as the major television brands and all the local shows. They just lump in together. Oh, that's 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 local wrestling. That's indie wrestling. They don't know um, a 1PW from a Rev Pro from an ABC XYZ running in the back of a barn. They, they don't correlate the difference because it's not a brand they've seen or have been exposed to as a casual non-internet fan. And I would tell any of those fans, give independent wrestling another shot. If you're not comfortable paying for tickets in advance, that's fine. If you're not comfortable 
uh, uh, you know, buying the T-shirt and the DVD and the meet and greet right away, that's fine. But just go and enjoy an experience that's there for the right reasons, which is entertaining you guys. And to any fans that got caught up in the quagmire that was 1PW, I would say I'm sorry uh, on behalf of everyone because everyone in 1PW worked their asses off to give you a great experience and give you something unlike anything else. And unfortunately, the old adage about what one bad apple can ruin the whole bunch or one bad cog could disrupt the wheel. Um, we weren't able to overcome the level of corruption that was at hand to give you everything you deserve. And I regret that. And I wish I could do that differently. And um, again, I hope that doesn't sour your opinion uh, on wrestling or independent wrestling as a whole, because British wrestling deserves and needs your support. Um, you just have to make sure, again, it goes to the right reasons. And to every fan that ever attended a 1PW event, I say thank you, because I put Doncaster up there with Toronto, New York, and Chicago as my favorite wrestling crowds I've ever been in front of. And if anybody knows the wrestling history, and if anybody watches wrestling present day, they can speak to how special those crowds are in those three other cities that I just named. You guys are passionate. You guys are vibrant. You guys are loud. You wear your heart on your sleeves. You're intelligent. You know what you want. And you know when you're being, you know, uh, not given what you want and having your intelligence insulted. And uh, I respect the hell out of British wrestling fans. And I respect the hell out of what you guys did at Wembley Stadium earlier this year. I respect what you guys have done to help shape this scene and so many great talents that have come out of the UK scene where when I broke in, there was an invisible force field between us and UK where uh, until Doug Williams, Johnny Storm and Jody Fleisch started breaking through that force field. You didn't hear blurb one about the UK, but now there's so many great talents coming out of there. And it's thanks to the passionate support of you guys. So uh, uh, thank you guys for all that you have done to make British wrestling such a cool scene. And uh, I hope that whatever, collateral damage um, Gauntly caused is um, short-lived and is not something that has a ripple effect everywhere else because I think you guys kick ass. Absolutely. So one final thing. Any final thoughts? Anything you want to discuss about 1PW, what we've not discussed? Uh, just that what I said that 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 this could have worked, and I feel so badly. Um, even though I I, I I was willing to risk my voice, um, I feel badly for those who were in it this time, as deeply as I was the initial time. Uh, business partners and production, and just people that worked in the office and day to day. Um, and my heart goes out to them because they believed and, you know, I believed in second chances or in the hope of this brand or in just what could be. And I, I just think the, the lasting note is 1PW should be um, the preeminent name in British wrestling. But 
it will forever be remembered with a black eye because one person couldn't step outside of themselves long enough to do right, to do good business, and not be just a narcissistic, pathetic little rodent that took the lives and the careers of so many people and threw it into an alleyway, threw it into a gutter, all to have a week, a month, six months of, of, of whatever finances you were able to pull from it. And I think that's sad. And um, I, I hope that name is remembered in that sad, pathetic way. Not as somebody powerful who got the world, but as somebody who just had a chance to live a dream and didn't know how to do step one. And uh, I would also suggest that, that no one else involved deserves any of the scorn or the hostility um, that, that I believe Mr. Gauntley deserves because the rest of the office, once they found out of corruption, resigned. Uh, the talent, when they found out of corruption or they found out of pay issues, resigned. Um, fans, when they found out of these issues, um, began asking for refunds and, and not buying tickets. I believe October 28th, when tickets were pulled off of the uh, online sales, they'd only sold 400 and some over a building with a capacity of about 1,700 or so. So, so that, that speaks to the fact that as it was unraveling, everybody w- was doing their best to do the right thing with the knowledge and information they had at the time. But all the wrestlers deserve your support, all the referees, all the production they worked very, very hard and, and unfortunately didn't get to see the fruits of their labor. Um, but uh, uh, I hope that you support them. I hope that you support British wrestling. And I hope that you support um, what is worthy of, of your, your pounds and your time. Uh, something that's been around and has a good track record. Uh, because one PW's track record will always be marred in controversy. And it's my hope that now after the second chance has been squandered, everybody can be on guard and make sure this never happens again. What a nice little thing to end on. Obviously, now you're a major part of MLW. New champion now, Alex Zane, obviously ended Amistones a while ago. Go ahead, plug everything you need to do before we head off. Yeah, MLW can be seen every Thursday night on uh, Fusion Television on YouTube and Fight Plus. I believe that would be what 1 a.m local time over there but it's okay because mm-hmm. you can watch it on demand anytime you want we've got our next fight plus live event coming up november 18th it's called Fightland, and i understand there'll be news uh on the main event potentially dropping next week uh we got relationships with cmll and new japan pro wrestling we have minora suzuki and rocky romero as part of our last pay-per-view uh, premium live event excuse me uh slaughterhouse that you can find on Fight Plus anytime. Sign up, seven-day free trial. See the Chamber of Horrors return for the first time in wrestling in 32 years. And I want to plug uh, very briefly to my website, joe-dombrowski.com. 
prowrestlinglibrary.com. I've got a digital store there. I'm adding more content every weekend. I just struck a deal with the old Mario Savoldi library, which means a lot of very rare old footage is coming to prowrestlinglibrary.com to stream on demand any anytime you want. We're talking about uh, the Global Wrestling Federation. We're talking about Herb Abrams, UWF. We're talking about IWCCW, USWA Texas and the Sportatorium. Uh, a lot of old cool territory footage and a lot more. I'm really excited because I love rare footage and I love the old school. Uh, I mean, we're talking about projects right now that are involved in uh, Andre the Giant and the Von Erichs and Harley Race and the list goes on and on. And we're going to be rolling out a lot of cool stuff digitally. And I'm going to be putting a lot of that, whatever I'm allowed to, on DVD two coming up in 2024. So check all that out. And of course, got to mention AAA. In Mexico, the preeminent Lucha Libre company, all their triple manias on Fight TV. You can find my voice on as well. So uh, all great outlets to support if you are so inclined. And I appreciate anybody uh, for their time and attention to all this. Of course. And Joe, thank you so much, obviously, opening up about stuff. And I really do appreciate it. And good luck with absolutely everything, my friend. I hope it helps as many people as possible. And uh, I appreciate you for the platform, my friend.